0: Else that she would Hello and welcome this is Karen Motikides and you're listening to how she really does it the place where inspiration and possibility meet All right So well before I ever understood mindset practice or how important your thoughts are, the words that you choose, one of my favorite things, favorite, favorite things has always been quotes. And I've always loved quotes, and now I understand because you're just borrowing somebody else's sentence to put in your brain and to dial up the feeling you want to feel. And I just love it. So, quotes have always been one of my favorite things. It still is. If you follow me on Instagram, we're constantly posting my favorite quotes, and they're great remembrances, they're great thoughts for us to believe to remind us to feel better, to then be able to take the action we want to, to create the results in our life. So I came across this quote from Trevor Noah, who's the author of Born a Crime, and he's also a comedian. And he wrote this and said, we tell people to follow their dreams, but you can only dream of what you can imagine. And depending on where you come from, your imagination can be quite limited. And that my friend is the beauty of podcast and being here in the space years ago after Simon Sinek interviewed me and asked me why my why, and we'll put a link to that interview in the show notes because it's still such a great interview. But after he asked me that, I really thought about why do I do the show and what's my why and why was I here for you all? And I rewrote the introduction to the show and I talked about the windows of possibility. And even back then, I knew that it was really important to know that people fall down and can get back up because I had (laughs) originally thought... Very mistakenly, that oh, people that are successful or have these lives that I wanted, it was just this golden yellow brick road without any hardships. But let's take it back to the Wizard of Oz, where Dorothy encounters a lot of obstacles and fear and all the emotions and feeling alone and in shame. She has it all as she goes down the yellow brick path. But in my brain, I was creating so much misery because I believed that, oh, it, these successful people, they never had fallen down moments. So with my realization, and yes, I'm a slow learner, you all. So with my realization in my show of, hey, the show can be the windows of possibility. So back when I used to do regular interviews, it was, okay, let's, what do you know? And what got you here? And how did you become successful? But also what parts of their stories, their fallen down moments, does that resonate with you and give you hope? that you can rise up and create something better for yourself. And that's always been my goal is creating these windows of possibilities. So when I read this quote from Trevor Noah, I thought about this and this idea that you can only dream from what you know, what your imagination can carry forward. And that again, the idea, you know, podcasts are exploding and the ability to read. And I remember Oprah Winfrey saying that as she grew up as a poor kid in Mississippi, books was her place to get lost in. It was her way to see that there was so much more to the world than what she knew and to expand it. And so I invite you, my friend, is that really look for possibilities, especially in the arenas you may see as limitations. Because there are so many ways out of whatever you're going through, and I don't mean to run away and I don't mean to hide, but what I mean is to overcome, to rise back up, to rise up and be really empowered because that is my dream for you, that you live an empowered life, that you believe in your worthiness, that you feel enough on a day-to-day basis. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to feel enough on some days, because that absolutely is true. Even with my clients and myself who have a great deal of resilience, we all have our struggles. So if there are quotes that you like, if you want to go, go to my Instagram at Karen Modichitis. We're always posting quotes on there. I love quotes. They are for me, just a reminder of something that I need to hold onto in that moment. And this idea of you can only imagine, you can only dream what you can imagine. And if your dreams are limited, then expand it. Listen to podcasts, read books. Some people get really inspired by travel. Get outside of your normal day-to-day routine, which is kind of hilarious that I'm saying this because I really love my day-to-day routine, but I can create a rut of it. And it's so important for me to get outside of it because it opens me up to the windows of possibility. So back after I had interviewed Simon Sinek and I thought about these windows of possibility, I've always thought that this place here is your place of windows of possibility. Go and create and find other avenues to continue to allow it to flourish. And Because when you do that, it helps expand your brain to see what is possible for you and for you to create your best life, not my best life for you, but your best life for you, and figuring that out. And it's so much fun. Think of it as I do like puzzles, even though they're quite frustrating. We just finished one from about a year ago, but that's also our life. Our life is a puzzle, it's a game. Now, here's the thing. If you're ready to live from a place of enough and you're like, but Karen, I do, but I'm overwhelmed and there's all this stuff and I get it. Don't worry. I've got just the thing for you. This is what I've created. And I have a program for you to dial up your enoughness, to understand what's getting in your way, to be able to cultivate, believing in yourself, having confidence, feeling enough where you trust yourself and you treat yourself with self-compassion and self-compassion is not like, Oh, I've had a hard day and I need to binge watch all of Frankie and Gracie because it just came out. No, that's not compassion. That's indulgence. But where you really learn and practice compassion, you change the way you talk to yourself. So instead of beating yourself or saying mean things like having love, be your answer, kindness, be your path. So you can grow and evolve and you live with courage and be enough. So great news is enough is open. We're starting the next group, February, 2020. Don't miss out on this. It's a fantastic opportunity. I'm really, really excited for this next group. All right. It's shout out time. iTunes reviews. I love it that you guys are taking the time to go and post what your takeaways are, what you're learning from the show, why you come back, because this really helps other people. Think about it. Like when you go to buy stuff, how often nowadays are you looking at reviews? What do other people think? It's kind of strange that we give so much power away to strangers, but think about that. So when you leave an iTunes review, this is like your opportunity to give back to the show because it helps spread the word. And there's thing with the analytics of iTunes, which I don't understand, but we'll just put it out there. So help the show, give back to it. And I have a shout out from a listener down in Mexico, Florida del deserto. I hope I said that correctly. Great way to connect. The interviews allow you to know that you're not alone in the struggle while sharing super tools for spirituality. Thank you. Yes. You are not alone. We all have struggle. It's so funny. A friend of mine called me yesterday and it was like prime time because I just finished it with my groups. And I had a bit of a breakout so I'd have some lunch. And then before I had my next call and he called and so I picked up the phone and he's like, so how's your week been? And I'm like, oh gosh. And am like, oh, well, and he said, well, do you have like three lawsuits and something else? I can't remember what it was. And I'm like, wow, I just feel like my life has gotten so much better just in that 10 seconds of talking to you. And it's not that there was trauma Olympics, but it's so easy to think that you're the only one going through the struggle. I was thinking that in that moment, oh, poor me, I'm the only person on the planet earth that's going through a struggle. Here's my friend dealing with these lawsuits. We all have struggle. Everybody I know has a story that would break your heart. That is part of our human experience. And the beauty is is that those stories are opportunities to grow, to become stronger, to learn what is really our truth inside of us. So my friend If this show helps you realize you are not alone, take it with you, walk with it, remind yourself you're not alone and there is a pathway out and we all go through struggle and it doesn't define you as a bad person or that you're broken. It's just part of the human experience. With that being said, today I'm talking about perfection and amazing. And this whole idea of perfection, it's so interesting because for a while I was like, oh yeah, perfection is bad. It needs to be out of my language. I'm not going to talk about it. I know perfection is the birthplace of shame. (laughs) So I like removed it. I'm like, I don't even use it. And in the last six months or seven months, I was noticing it was sneaking into my own life. So let's first look at the promise of perfection. So why do we want to be perfect? Why do we want to live perfect? Why do we want to act perfect? Why do we want to look perfect? here's the thing. There's the promise of if you are perfect, look perfect, act perfect, are perfect, then you will be safe. Isn't it so interesting? I can't tell you how often when I'm coaching clients or talking to parents or talking to people or listening to chatter, we just want to be safe. So our brain is hardwired to keep us safe. That is the job of our brain. We don't need to amp it up and do extra work to dress rehearse tragedy and think of all the worst case scenarios to help protect us. We just have to know that we already have internal hardwiring that's keeping us safe. It's kind of like we have internal hardwiring that makes our heart beat and our lungs move. We don't have to think, okay, I have to breathe. Okay, now my heart has to beat. It's already set up that way. Thank goodness for most of us. It's set up that way and we get to carry on the same thing about safety. I'm not saying be stupid and just say, oh, I can go off and do anything. No, commit to the best case scenario and manage risk. But the promise of perfection is you will be safe. The promise of perfection, if you're perfect, look perfect, act perfect, that you will be loved, that you will have a place to belong. Now, here's the problem with that if you are only loved based on perfection, if you only have a place to belong based on perfection, it's not really you that's being loved. It's not really you belonging. It's you fitting in. That's a big difference. That's is hustling for worthiness, my friend. So instead of this perfection, which is actually armor, it's who are we trying to be to be accepted? Who are we trying to be to think that we're safe? But it's this constant hustle and we're putting up this facade that really weighs us down. And the idea is it's going to be safe, but we're always afraid we're going to be found out. So I do believe in you and I believe in your ability to change your life for the better. It is possible. And the fact that you are here with me as a new listener, or you've been with me for years, you too believe that you too have that inner desire. So one of the things we have to do is we have to stop trying to be perfect, looking perfect to be loved, doing perfect work to be valued because those my friends are lies. What we want to do is drop the quest for perfection. And this is really, really important. We want to drop it. Stop trying to be perfect because perfection is the birthplace of shame. It's interesting. It's this promise of if I live perfect, if I do it perfectly, I'm going to be safe. I'm going to be loved. I'm going to place the belonging. But actually what really happens, so that's the idea. Now the reality there's a gap because the reality is, is you're just fostering shame that, Oh, so you're not enough. Who do you think you are? You think you're perfect. You think you're successful. Let me show you this person over here. And we're in this constant comparison, which is shame. So the irony of trying to live this perfect life is that it dials up that voice of, I am not enough. And it puts you on this hamster wheel and there's never an end point. Like we think, okay, if I just get this, how about, how many of you had said, if I just get this promotion, if I just make this much money, then I'm going to have enough. And then you get there and you're like, how come I don't have enough or I'm not successful. And if I just get this and I'll be successful, if I just get this article published, I'll be so happy. And then you get there and after a while, you're like, I'm not so happy. There's not an end point. Promised land is not an end point. We think there's a promised land, but there's always shit shows. So what I know for sure is that successful people are flawed. I've talked about this show and the people I've interviewed through the years who've come on and shared their own stories. I've been fortunate to be around people that I consider to be successful. People like I remember being a kid and thinking, wow, Olympians, this is so amazing. And never thought that I could be good enough to know Olympians. And I'm pretty amazed that I do know Olympians now. And guess what? They're flawed human beings like you and I. They were able to become successful in a certain arena for themselves, but they're flawed human beings. I've had several on the show and they're in the archives. If you want to go listen, there's one with Scott Welts, one with BJ Miller Bedford, and then one with Mark Barr that I can think of off the top of my head. So we'll have those links in the show notes as well. So here's the thing. So in 2012, my husband was with the team at the training camp in Vichy, France. So once they make the team they're together for about six weeks traveling throughout the US and then in Europe, getting ready to ingested to the time zones. And he spent a great deal of time with the whole Olympic team and before the Olympics. And one of the things, his big takeaways that he came back was the Olympians, they've realized you don't have to be perfect to be amazing. And they really own that part of their stories about themselves, like, here I am, I'm a flawed human being, or I have this flaw or that flaw, and I can still be this badass Olympian. And he started telling his university female swimmers this, what I learned from the Olympics in 2012 is you don't have to be perfect to be amazing. I have since then stolen that (laughs) now I'm doing a podcast show from him um, about this idea of you don't have to be perfect to be amazing. And if you want to steal that thought, do it, take it, incorporate it, remind yourself of that, give yourself that permission. And that will help you re-anchor that thought instead of, oh, I must be perfect. I must do this perfectly. If people find out about me, then I'm going to be not loved, not valued, not have a place to belong, let go of those thoughts and replace it with I don't have to be perfect to be amazing right there. That's going to start to shift your life. And when you hold on to that thought and attach to that thought and believe in that thought and become tied to it, you start to realize that it's true. (laughs) Look around, you know, your flaws, you're willing to own your story. You accept that you will fall down. You will make mistakes. It's never fun on the falling down. Think about like even when we're, if we're walking and we fall down, it's not fun, especially as we get older. But when we realize that, Hey, we can learn from them and that's where growth happens, that's cultivating the growth mindset. So you're cultivating a growth mindset along with dialing up compassion. That's what compassion looks like. Oh, I don't have to be perfect to be amazing right there. That's a permission slip. You're giving yourself perfect to be flawed. You're owning your story and accepting who you are and saying, I can still achieve the things that matter to me. That is so important. So I invite you, anchor your mindset with the thought, I don't have to be perfect to be amazing. And when you do this, Notice how you feel when you attach to that belief. Now, for some of you, if you're like, Corinne, that feels really foreign. I don't believe it. This is a crock of shit. And you're totally skeptical. Okay. You got some work to do with this. There you have some limiting beliefs that are getting in the way. Just keep trying it on and keep testing it out. And over time, you know, one of the things you can do is uncover like, well, why don't you believe this? And then start to look for evidence in the world of people who are amazing and they're not perfect. If it's possible for them, then it's possible for you, my friend. For those of you that can go, oh, you feel like kind of relief, like, oh, Corinne, I don't have to be perfect to be amazing. Wow. Notice how that feels. And then from this place, I invite you go and take action on the goals that you want, on the conversations that you want to have. Maybe you have to have a difficult conversation or I like to call it a courageous conversation at work. Go and do it from there. I don't have to be perfect to be amazing. I don't have to lead this meeting with perfection to have a valuable meaning or to be a great leader for my company give yourself that permission. And then notice afterwards, what are the results you created when you anchored yourself in that belief? And I love this idea of anchored. It's like we just ground ourselves. It's like, boom, I don't have to be perfect to be amazing. And when you can get that and work it and get it in your bones, it takes time, especially if you have a huge belief that's counter to that, it'll take some time. But as you get that, kids are awesome. This is why I like coaching kids for swimming. We have this game called Rat Rabbit Raccoon, and it's a reaction game. And you jump in as either a cannonball, a pencil jump, or you don't jump. It's a bluff call. I think that's for rat. And it's a reaction game. And so the first one in the water, feet in the water, they are safe. Last one in, they're out. And it was so funny years ago, the girl is now 18, but when she was nine, she's like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And she was like dead last. And she's highly competitive, a good athlete. She's dead last. I was like, you just need to start saying, I can do this. I can do this. She went from being dead last to winning the game in two rounds. Not a joke. That's probably like five minutes in Rat Rabbit Raccoon. Kids pick this stuff up quickly because they don't have the burden of the limiting beliefs that we do as adults. We have all this programming, cultural programming family of origin programming, an ex-boyfriend and a husband, somebody saying something to us about what they believe about us, what they choose to see about us, and we've attached to it. So if you think you have to be perfect to be amazing and you're really like, no, this is the law of life, it's going to be harder to feel compassion when you're like, Oh, I don't have to be perfect to be amazing. I invite you to give yourself permission and keep working on it and it will come. It really, really well. So when you attach to the belief, notice how you feel now take massive action and then notice the results and you start to create new evidence for yourself. So this is what you do. And you keep rinse and repeat, you rinse and you repeat these anchor thoughts, these beliefs that you have. I mean, windows of possibility have been around now for 11 years, I think is when I created it. And I talk about the windows of possibility. There's windows of possibility. If this is possible for this person, what is possible for you? And the reason I use that is that When I was a young woman and I was struggling with things, I'm like, well, if that's possible for them, why wouldn't it be possible for me? And that for me was very inspirational. It had me look at what maybe different ways that I could get it done to accomplish those goals. And guess what? I accomplished them. I'm sitting here now. 47 years old, having accomplished those goals when I was 21 years old, not really knowing that it would be possible, but thinking there was a better way. And if it was possible for somebody else, why not me? Another example about this is the idea of Title IX. So for those of you that are familiar, Title IX is it was a federal law that was passed in 1972, the year I was born, to create opportunities for women in athletics and educational institutions. And one of the things that when I would talk with my mentors who were older than me and they would say, when little girls saw other girls play sports, they said, oh, this is possible for me. And Abby Wambach, who is this total badass soccer player, one of the things that she talked about growing up, and she was a national team soccer player and an Olympian, was she didn't have female athletes in soccer to go, wow, look at them. If that's possible for them, it's possible for me. But she had the male athletes and she's like, but why not me? And that's such a great question. Like the Olympians that I do know, they do have this belief of but why not me? So my friend, you don't have to be perfect to be amazing. And why don't you ask yourself, "But why not me? Now, this is your work to do. You rinse and repeat and you rinse and you repeat. I do this work too. I do it daily. I write my stuff down. I declutter my brain because frankly, a lot of shit gets in there and I need to get it out. Last summer, I realized, like I talked about the beginning of the show, that I was still trying to be perfect. I'm like, whoa, wait a second. That's not possible. Like I know better. I know this stuff. I'm the shame, you know, like how do we move through shame, shame resilience? I get this. This is what I help people get through and get onto the other side. Like, what am I doing? I never use the word perfect or really like one out of a, don't know, not even 1% of the time would ever say, oh, perfect. I just deleted it from my vocabulary. But what I was doing, I was hiding perfect with the word productive and efficient because I like to be productive. I like to be efficient. I mean, come on, you guys, I have a show named How She Really Does It. Talk about a place for high achievers, overachievers. I was like, oh, do all this stuff. And how do you really get it all done? So this productive and efficient was my straight jacket of perfection. And when I realized that I was like, oh, and the great thing for me was I didn't have the shame of like, oh my gosh, Karen, you should know better. This is work you do. Notice the word "should." I didn't have that. Instead, I just started to laugh with myself. I'm like, wow, here's a revelation. And then, so I reminded myself that I don't have to live perfectly, and that yes, I like to be productive, but I'm gonna make mistakes. I like to be efficient, and not everything is gonna be a hundred percent efficient. And then, even today, as I sat down to do my own mindset practice. My anchor thought that I got to in committing, rewriting and committing, it was a thought that I came up with last fall was I don't have to do be perfect to create what I want because there's some stuff that I'm creating in my life, both in my professional life and my business that I want and it's dialing up that vulnerability. So then of course myself is like, oh, got to go back to overachieve and I have to do it perfectly. Otherwise I can't have what I want. It's so funny to watch my brain and I just remind myself, Corinne. I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to do perfect to create what I want. So my friends, I give you that because I believe in you and your ability to live your best life as the best version of you. And the way out of perfection is compassion and empathy. So the part of compassion that we're talking about here is the reframing of the thought of, I must do it perfectly to, I don't have to be perfect to be amazing. That is a compassionate sentence. And empathy is checking in with these stories, these rules that you have about what do you need to do to create what it is that you want. So check into these stories, tell yourself the truth. And if anything, the one takeaway you have from the show is that new anchor thought of, I don't have to be perfect to be amazing. All right. So before we go, I'd love for you to join us in Enough. It is my group program. It's an amazing year. It is, you will transform yourself and become enough. It is so fun. I have my January group from 2019 ending and to see how they have transformed in their life and to have confidence and to be able to feel their feelings and to understand their mindset and to do this work. It's where they are and where they were, it's transformative. And I don't use that word lightly we did the practice. They took the intellectual learning here from the show and applied it into their life. And my friend, if that's possible for them, what's possible for you? My friend, you know that your voice matters. It matters to me. And so we're going to do two things here. We're going to one practice on your voice mattering and you owning your voice. And the other is preserving your brain juice. So the first thing I want you to go do is share your voice, leave a review. Of the show on iTunes tell me what you love tell me why you're here your voice matters and the second thing if you haven't done it already preserve your brain juice by making sure you hit the subscribe button and you're subscribed to the show I'm smiling big for you I can't wait to give you a shout out on the show in the future until next time on a lake, she is dreaming she is drifting, never been so wide Ooh.